Score, the podcast. The only show taking you inside the studios of the world's most celebrated composers and musical storytellers. Presented by Spitfire Audio. Kenny Holmes and Robert Kraft checking in with you on a huge, huge week. One of our biggest guests we've ever had. Completely legendary guest today. And I couldn't be more excited to spend some time talking about his career. And he's partnered up, uh, well, we're talking, of course, about Giorgio Moroder. And he's also partnered up with uh, Rainy Shockney, who's this up-and-coming wizard in the, the composing world. And it's a really cool collaboration for the show Queen of the South. Yep. And uh, there's plenty to get to, of course, about uh, Giorgio's career as well. I mean, the guy has three Oscars, four Golden Globes, four Grammys. I mean, he's... And I think 70 million records sold. Yeah. So his career's off to a good start. Yeah. So we're excited about that. We have a lot to get to with our guest. We also have a special guest here on uh, the intro that um, if you haven't seen his story, it's super inspiring and it's a... it's. It's insane, really. Um, Robert, you could probably attest, too, as somebody who got into the music industry before the Internet existed, and a story like this is just, it's crazy. It is, and it's going to be fun to ask Marcos, who's here today and was discovered online. And uh, has just gone through a whirlwind, the the Internet car wash of madness. That's right. And, and he'll be scoring every Marvel film coming up, <laughs> uh, probably by the end of this podcast. But we'll get to Marcos in just a minute. Yeah, um, first we want to tell you about our presenting partner. This is Score the Podcast, presented by Spitfire Audio. If you're a composer listening right now, you probably know about Spitfire Audio. Spitfire makes sample libraries for the world's leading film composers, including many of our guests right here on the show. Yep, and they record their samples one of my favorite studios in the world, it's Air Studios in London, uh, where George Martin took the Air Lindhurst Church. I think David Arnold lives there, too. I, he is. He, he haunts the upper reaches. I've seen him. I've seen him sneaking around there in bedroom slippers. Um, but, yeah, they collaborate with uh, people like Hans Zimmer, the Bernard Herrmann Estate, to create sample libraries to help elevate your music. And um, we have a special promo code for our listeners right now, exclusive to you. If you use the promo code SCORE in your checkout, you save one-third off the price. Such a deal. Anything they make, too, including their uh, their kind of starter pack, which is a, a monster group of sounds called Albion One. So you can get that right now, a third off, or any of the other packages they have. Um, just go to SpitfireAudio.com and use that promo code SCORE because it's a limited time, Robert. Yeah, you got to get it now. Uh, no time like the present, something I like to say. Go to, uh, after you listen, of course, to the Giorgio Moroder episode that's coming up and with Rainy Shockney, you want to go right to score audio and... Spitfire audio. Spitfire audio, as I was saying, and <laughs> and score the podcast and jump in there and get your Albion One sample library. Use that promo code and then stick around after today's show um, once the closing music plays we're going to play you an example of how spitfire can elevate your music by playing you a, a demo cue that they provide for us each week so you can check out some of the different sounds lots of action we're in the middle of the summer so we got trailers coming up that are exciting comic-con craziness comic-con craziness a lot of folks down there dressed as spider-man i was seeing this morning they had a spider-man convention i didn't know there were so many of them in the world uh and some wonderful action at the box office which our business needs of course lion king just blowing up yeah and uh 
there was a cool trailer. I don't know if you saw the Top Gun trailer with. Oh, the, how, who didn't? With the movie star of movie stars. Um, he showed up at Comic Con too. Yeah, and he's Tom Cruise. That is. Yep, and Top Gun. I thought looked pretty cool. Do you think this this movie? I mean, the reboot thing has kind of been wishy washy, but I feel like this one is such a lock. Well, there's something about it that makes you feel, I could check that out if somebody tells me it's pretty together. Plus, there might be another song in it by our guest. Very true. Who wrote the huge Academy Award winning song from the first Top Gun. As I was going to say, Take My Breath Away by Berlin, a Giorgio Moroder smash. I wonder if he'll uh, be on board for that. I haven't seen anything about that. I think he's going to tell us the answer to that. Um, Did you see that Paul McCartney uh, is writing a musical? Yes. It's a wonderful life, right? What an amazing thing. Um, What a beautiful story to musicalize, too. Surprised it hasn't been done, frankly. And apparently he's been working on it for a while. So, oh, I hope that's as great as it probably will be. Um, One of the greatest songwriters to ever live tackling one of the greatest stories ever. That's got a lot of potential. Of course, this week there were Emmy nominations. Yes, and let's get to those. I um, would like to say not only congratulations to all the nominees, but how exciting for Score the Podcast. Yeah, like half of our season are, are so nominees. many. Uh, if you look at the outstanding music composition, you have Hilder Goodnadotter, who scored Chernobyl and was our guest. Of course, Chris Bowers for the Ava DuVernay uh, when they see series, us, yeah, when they which see is us. just incredible. And the the kid on the the final episode of that, yeah, I was blown away by him, and I was like, "There's no way." He, and he did get a, a, he nomination got a nomination as well. Yep. He played he played himself as a kid all the way through an adult. Is the only one to 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 have that happen, which was really cool. Um, we have Ramin for Game of Thrones, of course. Yeah, you know what a what a killer score, and he's gonna. Be hard to beat. Then, I mean, my friend Marco Beltrami for the beautiful score he did for Free Solo and Benjamin Wallfish, who was our guest on Hostile Planet. Yep. A shout out to Miriam Cutler, great composer, who had two nominations, Love Gilda and RBG, the notorious RBG in the same category. And Stephen Price, our guest, did Our Planet. And I'd like to pat myself on the back for the prediction I made Last July, after watching Succession, Nicholas Bertel getting the nomination for the best main title music for Succession. That I I still think that's a, it's just a lock. That's it's my opinion. Such a cool it's musical theme I've heard in a long time. And if you listen carefully, as I know all our listeners do, you hear that theme come back in many different varieties, variations, of orchestrations yeah. throughout. So Nick, look out. And uh, yeah, Stephen Price, David Arnold, a lot of the roster from uh, Score of Film Music documentary too. Yep. You can see David Arnold in there. Good luck to all the contestants. Um, I think on our next episode, we're going to be taking a, a summer break after this episode. Um, but when we come back, maybe we should do Emmy predictions and just show how terrible we are at uh, figuring out who's going to win. I like that. Emmy predictions. Can we? Will there be any money on it? I mean, could we just? kick in i certainly don't want to after last year's performance i don't want to be putting any money on it uh, we could have a but little. maybe matt can yeah. put up a purse and see who can who who picks the best uh winners 
I think that we made one really bad prediction a couple episodes ago, which we have to now. <laughs> yeah. uh, this might be an indication. Yeah, that's that was it. We said that Avengers Endgame will never catch well, Avatar. To be fair, though, the box office experts, and I'm doing air quotes, they said Avatar was safe. Yeah. Which made you dance around in front of the theaters of on Sunset Boulevard. And since, since I had the great pleasure of working on Avatar, I thought, nah, 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 nah. But (laughs) it's all over. It's all over. Avengers yesterday, Sunday, on Sunday of the weekend. You got to think, though, is Jim Cameron going to re-release Avatar for a month before Avatar 2 comes out? Smart move. And then he's going to go buy all the tickets. He's got to fight fire with fire. He's got to get out there, yeah. And uh, the amazing thing is what's really either tragic or wonderful is now they're both Disney movies because Avatar, a Fox film. Oh, weird. Is now under Disney. Marvel, a Fox film now under Disney. So Disney gets to say, where should we put these piles of billions from these movies? (laughs) They're fighting with each other with themselves. Actually. Um, another thing to mention to update our, uh, ongoing Michael Giacchino, Batman, developing story uh michael giacchino in front of a, an audience a, a room full of people posted a video putting director matt reeves on blast for the batman and everyone said something like don't blow it or something like that but either way he keeps poking the bear on this batman thing and talking about it and he's doing it right i mean come on god knows they're playing games or they're trying to milk it for everything it's gonna be really awkward if he's not scoring the batman I guess so, and the poor guy would have to just go home and stare at his Oscars <laughs> and say, wow. I wonder if he knows. He knows. He um, knows. And then the other terrifying thing that came out that made the internet go crazy was the Cats trailer, Yikes. which I didn't realize was CGI until I read it. I thought people were just in costumes, but um, an a interesting dais, if you will, of uh, people on, on the that, that movie, Taylor Swift, Idris Elba, James Corden, Jennifer Hudson. Is Idris Elba a singer? He must be. You know what? I know he's a DJ, so he's musical. Okay. And he also, I think, is if you took a look at everyone on the planet, you'd probably come up with Idris Elba's the coolest person in the world right now. Probably top 10 coolest people in the world. He could do anything. I'm sure he can sing. My favorite online video was somebody posted a picture of their cat watching the cat's trailer (laughs) and about midway through just walking away i thought okay hey listen that's your target audience the movie will probably kill but um it definitely looks a little terrifying and i'm allergic to cats so i had to stay off the internet during wow we want to also remind everybody that this is the last chance to vote for the podcast awards for 2019 um just takes a second if you can help us out we're up for two categories the people's choice and the tv and film so you just go to podcastawards.com Register real quick with your name and email, and then uh, give us a vote if uh, you like what you're hearing. Come we'd, on, we'd love bring it. it. I think right before we get to Marcos, we got a couple interesting movies in the marketplace this weekend yeah. before we sign off. One that I actually really want to see. It's some movies I kind of want to see. This one. Oh, Once, I'm so pumped. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino with big stars. Leonard DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie. You say Leonard <laughs> I, I call him Leonard. It's, Lenny. It's like Jordan Bieber. 
Um, well, some people call him Leonardo. You know, I like to call him Leonard because he and I go. Two words for you. Jordan Bieber. See, thanks. So, Leo DiCaprio, that's what, you know. I'm the, calling him Lenny from now on. Lenny Caprio. That's what we call him. We don't even call him DiCaprio. Yeah, the, the movie looks sweet. Um, not to mention, it was a lot of it was shot, like, around town. Yeah. So, it's going to be really cool. Yep. Um, but I'm also always interested in, like, the Manson stuff. I watch a lot of those documentaries. Um, so, it's going to be interesting how they turn this into a film and it's probably going to be crazy if it's a tarantino movie and i bet the music will be super interesting because his music always is starting with pulp fiction and all the is there a listed composer i didn't see one i don't think so so i wonder what they're gonna do it might be leonard dicaprio or jordan Bieber. (laughs) they either one of them could have scored it Um, okay well that's exciting to look forward to i'm i'm definitely going to be seeing that in the theater that will get my butt in a seat and my close personal friend, Dan Romer, who I got the opportunity to work with on Beasts of the Southern Wild. Double O Dan is what I like to call that's him. That's right, Double O Dan. That's nice. Coming up with Skin, uh, which sounds pretty rugged. So um stars Jamie Bell, who was in Rocket Man. Mm. And um, could be interesting. Of course, Dan Romer, where it is, he's scoring James Bond, the next one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope to have him on this show when we come back after our summer hiatus. Yeah, we'll try and get him on as soon as possible. I'm sure there's a lot going on with that. So we reached out to him. He's excited. Um, but at this time, he's busy. So obviously. so we have in the studio today a fabulous new talent. I, it's Marcos Bocanegra. And I think Marcos, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Glad to be here. And uh, Marcos has quite an amazing story. One of you, either Marcos or Kenny, you want to tell the tale of... This is, yeah, so let me just set it up for you. If you haven't heard this story before, so Marcos, do you still work at Costco? I'm on leave right now for five weeks for the internship, so... Very nice. Okay, so Marcos was a Costco... What did you do at Costco? So I'm a tire shop employee, so I just install tires. Wow. Very imp- don't say just. Tires, <laughs> tires get everyone around. Right. Um, so Marcos is a is a... Uh, working at Costco, and you're a you're a piano player. Yeah, I taught myself when I was 12. So I mean, when I started teaching myself, my dad would take me to Costco to go play the pianos. And even then, when I was like 12, I'd always have like a little crowd. So it's weird how later on in life, I'm working there. This whole video blows up. Yeah. So I'm, you you your friend video took a video of you playing the piano at Costco. And it's funny in the video as, as the, the time goes by in the video, you kind of see more and more people stopping and it, it becomes like a little Venice pier sideshow where like <laughs> someone's playing and they're like, Oh, you got to hear this guy. So you, you, you post this video online and, and what happened? Literally I posted on my break within like the end of my shift, like two hours. It was already had like a thousand retweets and maybe like 5,000 likes. And, like, all night, just cling, cling, cling. Before you know it, it's at, like, 42,000 retweets, million views. And Here's a, here's a little clip of the video. He's playing Time by, uh, by Hans Zimmer, the Inception cue.
And he's wearing his uniform, by the way, in the video, which is great. And then how Ellen's, of course, Ellen saw it. Oh, man. Well, see, the thing about that was that people, thousands of people started tagging her at Ellen, at Ellen, at Ellen. And then um, on the web, I think my friends put it in on the website or something because they, I got a call like a few weeks later. Hey, this is Sarah from the Ellen show. Do you have a minute? And I was like, whoa. Go back. like <laughs> You didn't but, say, don't bother me. I wasn't going to answer it either because <laughs> my phone has been blown up with telemarketers, so I don't like answering sure. phone numbers I don't know. Yep. And um, something just told me, dude, answer the phone. So I answered it, and I, like, I kind of had like a little attitude because I was like, what do you want? What are you trying to sell me? So, and <laughs> <laughs> so then pretty much they're like, oh, this is from the Ellen Show. And I was like, my mind was just boggled. I was like, oh, my God. And they Skype chatted me that day like within like five minutes. I was like, okay, this is real. So Wow. Very crazy. So you yeah. go on the Ellen show. Um, first off, you're getting interviewed by Ellen, and you had just purchased a piano? Yeah, I got a baby grand piano because like, my upright was old, and I needed a little something new. Did you buy your baby grand at Costco? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we leave. Way too expensive. <laughs> so here's a little clip of uh, your interview with Ellen and um, the, the news she gave you. But you don't. You didn't have a piano at home, so that's why you played at Costco. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> so my, fortunately, I have parents that support my music career, uh-huh. so they got me an upright piano when I started getting really good teaching uh-huh. myself and stuff. And then later down the line, just after this video blew up, we invested, or I invested, obviously, into a baby grand piano. Oh so, wow, that's great. Yeah. And, and and what do you want to do with your life? So, realistically, I want to become a police officer to support a family and, you know, future uh-huh. children. <laughs> and, but in a perfect world, I'd love to score film, film movies, like, you know, movie scores. Oh, really? Yeah, so I want to be like the next Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, <laughs> wow. We know that you, uh, you invested in a piano, but you're, play, you're paying monthly payments. Yes. So our friends at Shutterfly want to support what you're doing. They want to pay off the rest of your payments so that you owe <laughs> So they weren't trying to sell you anything. They yeah, were trying no, right? to buy your piano. <laughs> so nice. That was insane. That was literally crazy. I was just like sitting there in that moment, like, is this really happening to me? Like, and this, and this was all not, you didn't know anything that was going to happen in this in this episode. No, this they movie. never told me anything. They would just like try to pick my brain a little bit. They would call me. So it was like a month before I went on the show. So like they would call me weekly and just kind of pick my brain about who my favorite composers were and. Um, if I had a piano and all this stuff and asking me all these questions and, you know, being slick. So I, <laughs> I never, I didn't know what was going to happen. And then, you know, when you see in the video, it's just insane. I was like, whoa. So how did you, you mentioned you want to be the next Hans Zimmer. Um, when did your love for film scoring start? Or like, when did you start learning time from inception? For example, I've, I've always loved film music. I just, never thought it'd be possible for me to do it. I mean, like I, I would hear all these crazy, you know, scores and stuff. And I'm just like, wow, that's insane. But I sat to myself and I said, okay, well, if this whole Ellen thing happened, then I think I can uh, manage to learn how to score film. So after all that happened, I just pretty much started scoring and learning and teaching myself and playing catch up pretty much. So, But early on, when did you start studying and trying to figure out how to play scores and think like, hey, I want, I would love to be the next Hans Zimmer. It all started with Pirates of the Caribbean, to be honest. Like, that first score, just hearing that, that main thing was just like, well, this is kind of what I want to do. But when you're little, I mean, like, you don't know how to do that. So as I started with piano, and then obviously kind of got here today. So It's inspiring. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening that 
relate to that because certain people hear film music and just get this feeling this is how I want to express myself. Certain people hear punk rock and say, this is how I want to express myself. So all kinds of different music speak to people, but I have the feeling that your dream is ahead of you and will come true with this kind of focus and passion and, of course, your internship. You want to tell us a little well, about let's, that? Well, let's, let's, this, is what, this is what this happened up? on the yeah. show. So you, you performed what you played at Costco, yeah. Time by Hans Zimmer. And then right after you finished playing, this is what happened. You're, so you're a big fan? Oh, I'm a huge fan. All right, well, look at this monitor right here. Hey, Marcos, it's Hans Zimmer here. Um, I was totally blown away by your playing, and I hear you're really into film scores, so why don't you come down to my studio and um, hang out and we can jam and maybe come up with something cool. Um, it's a pretty good room. I've spent all my life in here. Come have a look around. So you're going to go hang out with him. <laughs> Okay, so what was going through your mind when when you heard that? I mean, Robert, you are a musician. Correct. The internet didn't exist. Correct. When you were an aspiring composer, musician, if somebody came out and said, hey, you can meet your idol tomorrow. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah, it is. It's it's fairy tale time. It's insane. Like, it just kind of shows what a good person he is because he could have literally just said, Hey, Marcos, you're good at piano. Keep it up. And I would have ran with that all day. I would have taken that. But he invited me over, and they offered me this internship. And, I mean, it just really goes to show how, you know, he cares about his fans, his fan base, and his love for music and spreading it with other people. I mean, it just shows how good a person he is. He's also, Hans is one of the great mentors on the planet. He takes composers in who want to do film music, who he believes in, and he has launched easily some of the biggest careers in film music. So the very fact that you're there means you have this little, I don't know if you can see it, but you have this little gold star over your head that means you have been selected. And so it took a little time because he was he was out of town, but um, can you tell us about you, you just finally got to meet with Hans? Yeah, I met him. It was, it was such a surreal feeling. I bumped into him in the hall with him and his son, and I was like, oh. <laughs> but he was a really good guy. He gave me a big hug, and he was just like, uh, let's meet up tomorrow. So he had to go out and eat dinner and stuff with his son. So it was understanding. But I met up with him, and, man, like, just sitting in that room was just insane. And he told me I could go in there and play his piano whenever I want. So literally every time after my shift, I go in there and I play for, like, an hour before. So, so great. Yeah, it's just, I mean – he gave me some really good advice that that's really going to stick with me. And I also met really cool people like Ben and other people, other great composers there. Ben Walfish. Yeah. And, um, man, like the advice that they give me and just watching them work is insane. Their workflow is so fast and how they deal with computers is insane. Like, I don't know. It's just really cool. Yeah, it's a new tool. It's not just sitting at a piano. People think film composers must sit at a piano with a piece of, score paper and a pencil and write music of course scoring a film is not unlike every other thing we do in 2019 which is lots and lots of technology and lots and lots of synchronizing picture and music and programs and knowing how to do that as much as understanding the music and even designing your own sounds one of the reasons spitfire our sponsor is so valuable is they can help a composer with a portion of the workload by providing these great sounds. And you just mentioned to us before we started recording something, a little something about uh, a library that you might have just acquired 
Okay, so basically we're sitting there, we're talking, right? He goes, oh, I have to tell you something. And I'm looking at him, he goes, he looks at his computer, he goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to hook you up with a computer with some samples. And I was like, okay, I'm cool with that. Like, <laughs> that, that's so cool. So we'll see. I should be getting it this week because um, the assistant gets back from, I think, like London or something like that. But I have one final favor to ask you. Of course. That's Kenny. I'm Robert. When your first film premieres, can can we go? <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. We would like to go. I'd like to go sit in the room and say, I remember the summer that he was an intern for Hans Zimmer, and here he is with his name, Music by, on the big screen. That'd well, be super cool. There's a common thread here in, in our previous episodes, and it, it reminds me of the Tina Guo episode where... Hans Zimmer found her video online and called her up to play cello on, was it Sherlock Holmes? Might have been, yep. Um, uh, Nathan Barr, last week, went on a crazy bus trip. Hans said, man, you got to get to know somebody like that. This, this the, the world we're living in now, and I, I, I try to harp on this as much as I can, is make sure your stuff is online and your story is out there so people can find it. I mean, this is such a, a tool that people are connecting with. Do you think about, like, what if I didn't post that video? Every day, man. Like, if I didn't post it on Twitter, because I wasn't going to post it, and that's where it mainly blew up. I'm just thinking my life would be so much different. Like, I'd just be going day by day through Costco trying to figure out a way. Because, you know, when, you, when you're when you a musician, there's so many people out there that are, there's always someone better than you, you know, realistically. So, it's always hard to stand out from a crowd and just to be given that opportunity just to be seen is insane. It's really so true. And it's very modest of you to say there's always somebody better than you because there always is. In fact, in some ways, as I was told early on, it's better to be lucky than smart. You know, just having the good luck can take you to a place that even somebody's better, more talented, more deserving, even. They missed that one video, and without that, you'd be saying um, white walls. That would be, <laughs> that would be your uh, instead of strings and horns, right? So God um, but bless. W- what have you learned from all of this? And and moving forward, I mean, this is just the beginning, obviously. And you talked about how you're you're constantly writing, and this is kind of a new field for you. You're a, you're a piano player, but but film scoring is a new new world for you yeah i'm just taking it day by day every day i'm writing something new learning something new um with the composer citizens that's so valuable for me because i'm i'm watching the composers and how they do things and i'm like oh well strings can do that now so i know that oh you know just you know building up my arsenal for my own and once it clicks in my head it's kind of limitless for me so i just gotta keep learning keep going and uh I think when you say composer sit in, some of our listeners may not understand that Hans Zimmer not only is arguably the greatest or among the greatest composers on the planet, but he also has a facility in Los Angeles where there are many composers in various studios around his so that you get the opportunity, if you are lucky enough to work there, intern there, be a composer there, to walk next door and see another world status first-class composer working on whatever movie he's working on or TV series. So you can tap lightly on the door and say, can I sit in and, uh, you know, or they come in and say, Hey man, I need some help with this. So it's a community and a really yeah. valuable, it's like a hotel. 
Yeah. You walk down the hall and there's different rooms. And, and, and what I like about it, too, is they have all the different flags for what country the composer is from. Yeah, right on the door. Um, so it's super diverse and, and unique, and there's different projects going on all the time. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what the atmosphere is like there? Is the door open for everyone? Is everyone kind of just bouncing around, checking stuff out? Man, it, it depends on who's there. When Hans is there, it's like it's super crazy. But everyone there is so nice. They're all so welcoming. And when you sit in with someone, you can, you're can you always going to learn something new. Um, it's just a really awesome atmosphere that I like being around, and I'm trying to stay around. So, Well, I learned something new today, which is that miracles do happen this yeah i I mean truly wonderful and um what a great story i mean to go from costco to ellen to hans just makes you realize what's next yeah and i know what's next here what's next here is we're gonna have giorgio moroder in just a moment very true we're gonna play out uh a little cue that marcos wrote for us yesterday because he's writing new stuff every day which is another thing is a good reminder right yeah keep writing Keep writing. Keep writing is exactly it. Let's hear it. What what did we decide this is called? Fresh. Fresh. Okay, here we go. (laughs) This is Fresh by Marcos Bocanegra. There's about 17 new Marvel movies on the schedule that don't have titles yet, but um, hopefully uh, Fresh will be... I think Fresh sounds like the main title of... (laughs) Is there a new Marvel character named Fresh? I think there should be. Freshman. That's great, man. I really dug it. I I heard that little horn line in my head, and it just everything just kind of came together. And do you know what I would... Say, having listened to a few film scores in my life, that's got a lot of Hans Zimmer influence in <laughs> Oh, it. yeah, for sure. So it's got the vibe. Marcos, you're on your way. Yeah, Thank thanks for, I know you, you kind of reworked your schedule, and thanks to the folks at Remote Control for uh, letting you switch your schedule so you can come on the show. Yeah, of course. This is awesome. I mean, it's cool meeting you guys. This is really cool. So oh, please, please say hi to all of them. Hans is a great friend of ours and and one of my heroes as well, so... Definitely, Mark. Look out for Marcos, and um, people can follow you if they want to check out some of your new cues that you post every day. Yeah, they can follow me at on Twitter and Instagram at MarcosP62, and uh, you can look me up on YouTube too. It's MarcosP62. Right Very on. Cool. What a cool story, and just another reminder: post your stuff online and keep writing. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're joined by a legend. And um, it, there's so much to get to. So excited. Giorgio Moroder and Rainy Shockney are coming in. Stick around. We will be right back. Take my breath away. How was that? Pretty good. Not bad. Thanks. We'll see you in a minute. Hey, SCORE fans. It's Kenny Holmes. We're back to the show in just a second. Just a quick reminder. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SCORE the podcast. We post a lot of behind-the-scenes videos, and we'll also keep you up-to-date on who our next guest is. So make sure to go over and follow us now. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Pinar Toprak. You're listening to Score the Podcast. Now let's go back to the show. Welcome back. We are so thrilled to be here inside the Neuro Circuit. Neuro Circuit Studios. I would say thrilled and honored. Thrilled and honored. Uh, our guests today are um, a, a, a composing duo that uh, teamed up for the show Queen of the South. No introduction needed. Giorgio Moroder and Rainy Shockney. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you. Wow. That's a bigger crowd than I thought. Where's where, where the crowd? We fit them in. They're actually just outside the oh, studio. Okay. <laughs> they are the neuro circuit. Queen of the South is doing very well. It just started its fourth. fourth season. And I know it's doing well because last night when I decided to watch, rewatch the episode, the first one of the fourth season... It's on the front page of Amazon. So that means that it is somehow popular enough for them to be boosting it. Wow, that's good. That's fantastic. Yeah. Or, or you have a penchant for narco dramas. Uh, well, maybe. you know, I think that's yeah, was it Was it the curated for you, you <laughs> crazy other things narco like. fan? It's funny because all the <laughs> other uh, shows were about narcotics. I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Intervention <laughs> and uh, addiction shows. So how did you guys connect? Can you... Can you tell us about uh, how that came about? I think uh, Rainy is better to explain yeah, exactly this, because I'm forgetting is... things. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, I have a friend named Sebastian Weber, and he's a manager, and he was working with Giorgio on his album Deja Vu, which was him doing some of his tracks with some more contemporary artists, pairing up, almost like a supernatural uh, that Carlos Santana did. And so we were on a flight together and he's like, I'm having a difficult time with this act that I have named Giorgio Moroder. Um, he I'm, he I'm, said he, so. Yeah, yeah, a oh. little bit. It's a little oh. He goes, I'm having some producers who can't figure out the sound of this guy. And he's, you know, a legend. But these guys here that I've got aren't really connecting. Do you think you can do something? And I held up my telephone and on the plane, I was listening to cat people. And I'm like, are you talking about this guy? And he's... He's could not believe it. He's like, let's bring you in on a song. So I tried to do this one song and they wouldn't tell me who the vocalist was. And I was working with Giorgio and we were trying to trying to get this song together. And they said, you got this track. Sony loves it. And it's a little artist named Britney Spears. Oh, and so that's how we connected. And the song went really well, went to the top of the dance track. And Which dance song was that? That was the remake of Tom's Diner. You know, I play this song uh, for my DJ, the second yeah. song, and it works so well. People sing with it. I take the tracks down, leave the drum in, and it works perfect. That's so great. And did you 
record here at NeuroCircuit? We were, that song was one of those, like you were talking about, one of those disparate tracks where the oh, yeah. vocal was done in the UK and then we were doing tracks here and it was Had just you like... Had you two met to work together or were you working in different locations? That, right at that moment, we were working in different locations, different locations. and then Seb brought us together and we met at uh, the Nespresso in Beverly Hills, of where course. where I saw a man do the scene from Coming to America with Giorgio. <laughs> he was serving us, and he looked over and he goes, and he did like a full bow to Giorgio while we were. Was this? this was the waiter at the barista oh, at Nespresso a, a, a from friend Italy. Of mine, yeah, 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 yeah. it was incredible. Point, point did, that mic a little more to you, Rainy. Sure. There you did go. Queen of the South evolve from that collab- that Britney collaboration? The moment that you were working together. It did, yeah. It was actually in the Nespresso where I was talking to George. Where is this Nespresso? I need to go. It's that on Beverly. Beverly. Sounds like all all aspiring composers. That's the new hangout. (laughs) That's the one, man. Yeah. Um, I, I realized that Giorgio wasn't doing score at the moment. And I just was doing a ton of TV. And I turned to Giorgio and said, Giorgio, let's collaborate on something. I want to do a score with you. I've idolized you forever, and it would be a fantastic pair. And he gave me the longest minute of silence I've ever had in my <laughs> life. He literally looked off to the side, said not a word, and then turned to me and said, I love it. I love it. Yeah, but it, it took more than a minute because I didn't really like to do it. I was so happy to be relaxed and not doing, after after all this problems with deja vu with the album and um, god that was a big mess but then finally i said i love it i was wondering if you hesitated because maybe scoring i've always wondered you've done both scoring and obviously records and some people prefer one or the other um and i didn't know if your hesitation i thought maybe you just love making records and you scored you're out of the composer phase or no i i like doing both Mm. I just, uh, there was just a moment, uh, I didn't work too much in the last 15 years. I had some other problems, not problems, other ideas, mm-hmm. other hobbies. And I just kind of finished, I think, the, the Deja Vu album with 12 singers, all different guys. And and it, it was a little stressful. So I said, okay, now I need a break. Another 15 and years. And now he comes <laughs> in and, uh, and uh, made the offer. And I said, yes. I, I, real quick, I'm like, what have, what have you been doing, Giorgio? He's like, well, I designed a Maserati. I was doing golf. I the castle in Ortesay. Well, not the castle, <laughs> but a, a house. <laughs> designed a Maserati. No, I designed a, a new car, new, 30 years ago. Yeah. A 16-cylinder. It's called Cisetta Moroder. In fact, I just saw it last night. Mm-hmm. I got uh, the, I got the permit to drive it in the states, which is very difficult. Although it's not California, it's uh, Montana. It's a beautiful car, the first sixteen-cylinder built by a guy called Claudio Zampoli, and the the the, the designer is one of the most famous one in Italy, Marcello Gandini, mm. who designed the Countach, the, all the Lamborghini. That's why you mm-hmm. say Lamborghini. Ooh, that's hot. It's beautiful. Oh, and I tried it out yesterday. Impossible to drive. <laughs> Impossible. I, I tried on the flats of Beverly Hills, like yeah. no traffic. And I said, no, no, that's it. It's 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 stick. Although I'm used to, I had a, a few Lamborghinis, but this one I said 
I keep it in the garage and, and most important, how is the sound system? Oh, incredible! Oh, the sound you mean of the engine? Well, both the sound I, of the I, engine and I, also I don't have any. <laughs> this is the prototype, so I see. no air condition, no no power steering, <laughs> uh, no window electric. Uh, uh, there's the engine, and that's basically it. But it looks great. Oh, it's incredible! That's what counts. Uh, can I show you? Please. <laughs> Do you know that Miles Davis used to come to the Beverly Hills Hotel from New York City and he would fly his Ferrari out and just park it in front of the Beverly Hills Hotel? So I think you can just, you know, wherever the car is, <laughs> yeah. people will know it's you're just there. just down the street. In fact, in fact uh, I, I didn't drive it more than two minutes, but the guy who handles the car was driving in Beverly Hills. People were stopping and, I'm uh, sure. and, and taking pictures. And, I'm sure. It is really absolutely incredible. I'll show it to you later. Well, we're going to offer it as a prize, actually, yeah. as, uh, for the listeners of Score <laughs> okay. the Podcast. You can get one. Uh, so with, with Queen of the South, you, you talked about wanting to collaborate on something. Was this show already in the works? Did you already have this lined up? Or did you then say, we're a team who wants us to do the score for their show or movie. Yeah, it was both. We we declared that we were a team and then we went to ICM, our uh, Bryce Gata over at ICM and said, hey, man, I'm like, hey, man, I've got something unbelievable for you. I've got Georgia Marauder and let's see what we can do. And so the next week we had a meeting with this writing team called Fortin and Miller and they said that they had been writing their entire pilot to American Gigolo. And so they they got wind that we could potentially do this. And it was such a outlandish dream for them to even consider Georgia Marauder, you know, doing their doing their score. And we met a lunch. Fantastic. And uh, the rest is that right there. Clearly, Giorgio is not only the enormous presence for all of us in music, but also really good luck. He brings good luck to I, all the stories involve Giorgio being at the right place at the right moment or listening to Giorgio at the right moment. And good luck occurs. I think I'm just going to listen to your music. Oh, I'm happy. <laughs> From now on. In fact, of course, we've been listening to your music for for many years. And I know that sometimes it's difficult for anyone to say, uh, you know, tell us about your past or tell us about the years past because any artist wants to talk about their current work or their future work. But needless to say, our fans who are enormously excited about this interview want to hear a lot about your film scoring and how that started. Was Midnight Express the very first film? Okay, the story behind Midnight Express is I had a hit with uh, Donna Summer called I Feel Love. Of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> um, I think it was Neil Bogart who proposed it to to the director. Um, God, now I'm... Parker. Alan Parker? Mm-hmm. He proposed it to Alan Parker. In fact, Alan Parker loved the song. Huh. So he called me and asked me if I wanted to do the, the music. And I said, well, look, look I, I do songs. I never did any score. Oh, he said, it's, this is easy. First of all, use the synthesizer. And give me one song which is kind of inspired by I Feel Love, which then became The Chase. And there's one scene where, he, where the kid runs, a, runs away. And he said... 
just give me that sound one something like a minute and a half and I, I'm going to love it and the rest you do whatever you want <laughs> wow. so I said okay okay and you know with a big machine the big uh, Moog uh, modular you can do whatever you want so I was like in, in Like in, 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 like in kindergarten, wow, I, I came in, okay, give me, I thought, let's, let's find a, a weird sound for, for one of the scenes when, uh, towards the end when he is in, in the dungeon. So something like, and it was so new at that time. And uh, I, I did it and uh, Alan liked it. Oh, and then I sent him the demo of uh, The Chase He came from London to Munich. I was in Lund uh, Munich at that time. And w in one afternoon, we did uh, the whole score, the mix. And then he said, oh, do you know what? Would, uh, it would be nice. He, he liked it, but he said, it would be nice to have a kind of an oboe sound in one of the pieces. And I said, yeah, but where do I find an oboe player on a Sunday afternoon? He said, yeah, okay, I said, Let me try out. So my engineer came in and found the sound of tong, like of an old boy, and he was happy and left. Just for made London it up. And have, it's That's really incredible. first of all, it's you're so so very modest about how that happened and how that changed film scoring. That sound that you created for Midnight Express suddenly became not unlike the way that the Donna Summer records changed pop music. Um, Everybody wanted to know how you did it and how you sequenced those tracks. I mean, what gear you were using. I remember hearing people. I was in New York. I was a young musician, and there was something about that sound, which, you know, what were you, what were you locking together to make the... Can I explain? <laughs> I, I've never known. Okay, so um, Robbie, who was engineer and he knew how to work on that Moog module, which is very complicated. complicated. So I think he came up, I, I didn't come up with the idea, but he said, okay, the best thing is to put down a click on the 24 track. Like yes, on the, track 24. With, with one, of the, one of the tempos you like and one, I think 126 BPMs. And then I told him, okay, give me, uh, okay, now I did not know how to do the song because uh, to start with a synthesizer, a mono, by the way, <laughs> is very difficult to compose. So usually I compose on the piano and sing and then I have the melody. So in this case, I did not have anything. And I told him, okay, give me a C. So he a bass, like, dun, 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 you know, the tuning was terrible. So he gave me dong, 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 those three, four notes. By playing the click, it started dong, 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 on a key, one key, right? Let's say C. Dong, 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 Basically, he gave me the four notes and I played it. That's with one finger, <laughs> and then then I told him, okay, now I need a hi hat. So he got the white noise, and then he puts it in an envelope and yes. cuts it, 
okay, sync it up to the, the then I said, okay, now I need a snare. So he again used the, the white noise and, uh, and came out with the sound. <laughs> all, all electronic sounds, right? Uh, we obviously on two and four instead of one, one, one. And then I had one old, I think it was a Farfisa, which was poly, uh, poly, poly, Polyphonic. polyphonics. And I play, played some of the chords. And uh, that was the track. So then I gave it to Donna Summer, who wrote the lyrics. And she, I think she was kind of, she wasn't too serious about the, the movie, she, I, the movie, about the song. I think she... Uh, she didn't probably didn't really believe in that new sound, so she said, "Okay, so let me do something like ooh, I feel love, I feel love, I feel love, I feel love, and there was the song <laughs> then the magic then the magic pair the magic happened. We came back to Los Angeles to mix it, and the song was dun 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 and it was nice, but then my engineer. Uh, Coppers, that's his name, gave me a delay on the bass. So instead of dung dung dung, it became and that was the whole. That was the invention, actually. Mm-hmm. This this driving and that's what really made I feel love and all the uh, the chase and all that stuff. How about all of the disco music? A lot. Then, <laughs> then tried to rip you off. It's, I didn't realize Neil Bogart, of course head of Casablanca. Right. And um, I wondered because, frankly, I was very aware at that point and wanted to know more about Casablanca and RSO, which were both next to each other on Sunset Boulevard. Um, Irene Cara was on RSO, and I don't know if that's because of you and because of Flashdance she was there, but, I mean, that song... The song Flashdance was it Keith Forzy? Keith and 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 uh, and uh, Cara wrote the, li- the lyrics. Right, and you. So it's interesting. You say you wrote on the piano because I wondered. Do you? Um, Maybe it was a synthesizer. Yeah, between piano. So you would write away from the record, of course, not just sequencing the record right on the money, which is what it sounded like you did for that score. But um, Flashdance was such a huge. Such a huge song for everyone, and I think you are discounting how much those records not only meant, but how musical they were. You know, these very hooky melodies in a pop record. Yeah, but it almost did not happen. How is that? Uh, Because um, the producer... uh, Jerry Brockheimer, they just had, they just, him and his partner just had a a funny movie, something like Doctors in Love, which was not a porno, but kind of a soft porno. So so I said, and nobody knew about Flashdance, what does Flashdance mean exactly, right? I never thought of that. So I said, okay, I told Jerry, okay, um, I have to see the movie before I do it. And uh, so he gave me a tape, with, which was probably 90% final. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I was in the studio at that time, and my girlfriend uh, at that time, she was there, and I said, okay, you watch it, mm. and I, I work, and then you tell me how you like it, and if you like it, then, then let's do it. Mm-hmm. So after two hours of... I came back from the studio and she and she was crying. Oh, wow. oh what a great movie! It's uh, you have to do. It. <laughs> Amazing! Thank God she cried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was uh, I would have done it anyway, yeah. but but I thought a reaction like that is absolutely incredible. Yeah, his partner I just remember was Don Simpson. Don Simpson, Simpson, yeah, and um, Simpson Bruckheimer. I never actually realized till this conversation that oh of course there it is. now I imagine that's a real snare and a hat and a kit or no um, machines you think this is the I think it's the Lynn drum machine great that was one of the first electronic uh, still one drums. of the best sounding too yeah, yeah. yeah. good toms And it's it's not four on the floor either, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't think I should do a disco typical yeah, it's disco pop. song. Yeah, it's pop, and yeah. it's a very inspiring song. And were you, were you now getting at this point? Were you getting asked to do songs for? every movie that you're scoring or was that part of how did that was it first a song and then it, hey why don't you score this too or how did that unfold well basic basically they uh if i remember scarface for example brian de palma just asked me to write the score then there was there were some scenes in the discotheque so i obviously i wrote a disco song for the, the discotheque uh, or or American Gigolo, he, uh, they just asked me to write the score, and obviously there there were some songs. So um, later on, I noticed I did less score, and and uh, for example, um, uh, Top Gun, Top Gun, uh, Harold Faltermeyer did the score, and Jerry Brockheimer asked me to write some songs, and I wrote I think three. Four songs. And one of them turned out to be as big as any song sure. from from that moment. Yeah. Oh, it's so great to listen but, to. Is there, are you uh, involved at all with Top Gun 2? Yeah, they asked me to write like they asked everybody. You could to maybe write some songs. You could do an answer song, Give My Breath Back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can That's tell really you, it's, uh, I, I'm started to work a little bit and, uh, on that song. It's very difficult because if I, if I would do something which is too similar, then they would say, oh, okay, yeah, he did it 30 years ago. Wait, so you, you are doing a song for Top Gun? Well, I'm trying, yeah. You know, they, you know this, is a, this is a movie where everybody wants to write music, so I'm one of those guys. But, but they specifically ask They me to. want you. I, it's you so, have a decent resume for Top Gun movies. <laughs> I think maybe they should choose you. Uh, yes, a, probably. A track but, record. But it's difficult, too, because it's, what am I going to do? It, if it's too similar, then they say, you had it already. If it's too different, then it's, uh, that, that maybe it doesn't fit. I have a recommendation. I would go 
back to that Nespresso or Rainy <laughs> where is, where all, the, all this good stuff happens. And I would really be curious. I know there's no real firm answer. How does Giorgio Moroder write a song? In other words, do you, while you're on the airplane later today, do you think about a chord pattern or chord changes or melodic fragments? Or do you sit at a piano until it comes to you? Or is it a combination of all those things, particularly for a movie like Top Gun? In fact, I'm going to ask the other question, take my breath away. Was that a, a line of dialogue? Where did the lyric come from? No, no, I think, no, I, I don't remember. I don't, I don't think it was from, mm. no, that was Tom Whitlock who wrote the lyrics. I don't think so. But ba basically, if I'm not in a studio, I try not to think about songs. Mm. Uh, uh, the only thing I remember was uh, they asked me to write the, the music uh, for the Olympics in Korea, in Seoul, mm. in 1988, And I was in, in 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 a restaurant actually, and I was thinking there has to be some catchy thing. And I said, uh, hand in hand. I didn't have the lyrics. Da 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 da. And at that time, I don't think I had a recorder. No, I, there was no no. Uh, Maybe smartphone. a Walkman. So I, I actually, I'm not a great writer of music. In fact, I, I'm not writing music. But I, I wrote, dun, 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 on a piece of uh, paper which I found on on the table of the restaurant. I rem still remember. I went home and I played it so that I wouldn't forget it. But usually, I sit on the, on a synthesizer or piano. So it's like everybody now. I have a uh, I have a rhythm in my headphones. I hear what I'm playing and I sing. And, and you sing your own demos? Can we no. expect a Giorgio Moroder <laughs> no. album coming out? No, of... definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> my... I do I do get some when we're doing our collaborations and uh, Giorgio's in Italy. He'll send me a track and he'll have a melodic line with his vocal on top, and it's an amazingly and he's going to, to blackmail me. <laughs> yes, and I have files. You mean you don't know what's out there already? <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, Donna Summer told me she has every or she had. Every demo I sent her, I said, "Oh, great! <laughs> That must be incredible." Yeah, okay. I feel uh, love. I feel love sounds a little different coming from Giorgio's vocal. It's yeah, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk more about uh, Daft Punk and uh, a lot more with Giorgio and Rainey. And um, I also want to talk about uh, you guys worked with Pitbull on uh, Queen of the South. So right. we'll stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, SCORE fans, it's Robert Kraft. We're back to the show in 25 seconds. If you like what you're hearing, do us a quick favor. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. It just takes a second, and it helps the show grow. Hey, thanks. We're going back to the show right now. Welcome back. We are here with Giorgio Moroder and Rainy Shockney. This is a really cool cover you guys did for Queen of the South. What was the uh, inspiration with this cover? 
That was a really interesting. We had when David Friendly and Natalie Chadez, who was the showrunner on season two, they got together and they said, we want something that honors this type of narcodrama, but is an homage to the 80s and feels like a, you know, a more really intense, not obvious cover. And so they came to us and said, what should we do? And Natalie had a list of songs and this was one of them. And uh, she said, there's a catch. We need it in Spanish. And so we found... That um, makes it even cooler, I think, though, because it kind of has its own sound. It's not only Spanish, it's minor. Yeah, we had to do it in a really dark way, turned it minor. I started sending Giorgio a couple little... The funny part I have to say about working on modern gear with Giorgio is I'm always digging for sounds like new composers do. You're just like, dun, 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 like sifting through the thousands and thousands of sounds. And there have been instances where I hear a sound. I'm like, this is perfect for Giorgio. And, and I look up and the sound is literally called Marauder 602 <laughs> or it's called like Midnight Express 33. And I was, yeah. just can't believe, you know, so I'm like I, I writing think, in the echo of the, the where did you actually, find that sound? That sound? Those, I would write on those and those moved on the other Because I know that Hans Zimmer has a Giorgio sound. Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. A little, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's, that's the one. That's amazing. <laughs> Midnight Express. There's actually a sound in the very beginning of that cover, mm-hmm. which reminds me a little bit of the Scarface mm-hmm. score. Mm-hmm. That kind of distorted, low sure. sound. Um, just, and I can imagine that was inspired by... I mean, Scarface was a really revolutionary score for me as a musician and composer because you were scoring movies not in a traditional way you were adding something that a lot of american film composers particularly like to score what's on screen beat for beat you know the door closes the girl walks forward right a lot of scarface was atmospheric yeah just said this is menacing right right and i thought it was I think it was a European approach, but also your approach to, I mean, that says a lot. Ooh, those changes. Yeah, that, and you know what, I'm, I'm really proud about those changes. They're really, tra- and from time to time I try to play it again, and it takes me five minutes to, to get the chord. This part is easy, but the beginning is, sometimes I... Where where did I go? How did I do it? So now, I guess if I would sit, sit on the piano, I I would not be able to play it. I understand. They're very challenging relationships between. Even the bass notes are, you know, up a third and right. sort of, in almost Gregorian or classic sounding. Um, what was the discussion yeah, with Brian De Palma on creating that score? Do you remember? No, very little. Brian was in, uh, he was working in in New York. Then he came here. Uh, He was, I think he was very, very little involved. Uh, Obviously the dance songs that he, he, I don't think he was ever ever listening. Let me tell Giorgio Moroder how to cut a dance song. I don't (laughs) don't think so. And the first, the dong, dong, those notes, uh, I just, I just sang them to him. Something like ah, uh, uh, and he liked it. 
So then, and that, that happened in New York. And then I came out here and, and I started to work on it. And, and those bass lines, which you were talking, I love them. They're, they are never on the, on the dominant. Yes. It's always on the third or, or the fifth. So, and I think there, there are some sections where, where it really works very well. It's unnerving. It's, it makes you nervous. Uh-huh. It makes you nervous about uh, Al Pacino. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Tony Montana makes you nervous. Yes, and so <laughs> those unsettled things. And they're also, I used the word before, they're menacing. It feels like something's bad. Well, this is, yeah. we, we, when we started doing some of the stuff for Queen, you know, we were pulling a little bit of the influence from Scarface. And I'm starting to play these things. And Giorgio and I are here on this keyboard. And we're starting to play our chords. And I turned to him. I'm like, this is evil man it sounds evil. he goes no it's not evil it's dramatic oh, I did. I, yeah, that that's my, very that's classic i like that when you work on queen of the south do they send you an episode and you score to it or do you send them music and they pop it in uh, the beginning tracks we did a couple of great ideas that uh, we came up with in here and sent them to them and then they ended up cutting it into the show but everything else they send and we do a traditional spot and then we go back and forth here when Giorgio's in Italy he looks at the scenes and then sends me some MIDI or some ideas or something completely fleshed out and then it's fleshed out even more he doesn't here. send you a round trip first class ticket <laughs> not every day you were ready to come and then, <laughs> yeah. then suddenly you were busy or yeah. there was too much snow yeah. it was too cold for you do you have a studio in your house yeah or yeah. is it adjacent to your house it no just... no it's you know studios in t- i don't have a studio like this because i bear i rarely record vo- vocals because it, you know it in, in that little town where i live you don't find great vo- uh, great vocalists so i do the demos you know i have my my programs i have speakers i have microphones and I'm up to date with it technologically. So I do demos. Then I have several people who do the tracks. I have one guy in Nashville who is really good. Mm. I have two guys in Germany. So they do the basic tracks. And then I have a, a great, I have two or three singers here in town. And they do the demos and partially write the lyrics. So I basically, I do a little more than bass uh, chords and and drum I, some 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 important counter melodies I do, but the rest I have musicians to do it. Uh, we wanted to ask about how you guys connected with Pitbull and what what it was like working with him. <laughs> Sure, this was we had uh, the new showrunners. We had Ben and Dalen had come in, and Ben came to us and said, "We have a bit of a relationship with Pitbull's camp. Maybe we could do something." And if you, you know, talk about a perfect Fox, artist from for the yeah, show too. Yeah, but I mean, these are the lofty dreams of every you know every show that I've ever been in. They're like, "Hey, we have a you know somebody knows Mick Jagger. I think we could get him on." A, you know, you're like, "Yeah, that's going to happen." But sure enough, <laughs> we sat at this lunch, and it was his entire team, Pitbull's team, and they said. Pitbull's favorite movie in the world is Scarface, and he'll do anything to connect with the <laughs> guy who made that them. was the yeah, key. That was the that key. Was the key. And, and so, uh, so they had us doing some of the tracks. I have a, a, a team that I work with out of Miami, Jeeve and Travis House, and these guys came in and started giving us some ideas for some production tracks, and then we put 
the Scarface type of coral on top of it and sent it over to Scar to Pitbull's team. And so they said, actually, we need you to do a little bit of a vocal melody too. And can you make it kind of a reggaeton can make it in Spanish and do it like today. And so that meant me just, you know, some dude from, you know, West LA just trying to <laughs> sing this track. So I did the cheesiest vocal track in you know, English, in Spanish. Ooh. I tried with my, you know, mediocre college level Spanish. And I sang this track. And the first response we got was, please have a backup song available. Oh, <laughs> not, not great. Yeah. And so then the second response we got was Pitbull loves the track. And huh. he's doing vocals on it right now after his show. And this was at one in the morning. So he just played a concert, came back to his hotel, sang this track. And a day later, we had the vocal on the track. Incredible. And we sent it to the guys at Queen of the South and said, is this something you guys would be interested in, you know, putting in the show? And they said, we're going to put it in the season opener, season four. And then they sent it to everybody at Fox. And they said, we're going to extend the opener to have this. And then NBC Universal got it. And now it's the whole campaign of the show and the yeah. track starting to blow up. Yeah, you got to take that opportunity and run with it. Yeah, I so. can understand Pitbull, I believe, is Cuban. So yeah. Scarface definitely oh, sure. yeah, yeah. would be his Have, Did you his talk favorite. to him at all? No, I didn't. I, no, it's one of those where we just email back and forth. With you know, you're going to meet him at an award show when you're all getting on stage together. <laughs> well, that and, will be nice. <laughs> and then you can say... I wanted to say that real quick. Those songs that you had mentioned about Giorgio earlier, what we didn't mention is every one of those songs won an Academy Award. Right. It's you just know, it's incredible. It's mind-bending. Yes. So, and, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's so remarkable and wonderful about being here today, of course, and certainly for you to work with Giorgio and uh, have some of that luster rub off. I have a feeling there's more in the future. I told him the one I saw his trophy desk, and the one thing he's missing is an Emmy. So I have, I promised. Oh, you know, so yeah, and, and Queen M of the that, South. Yeah, you're right. Yes, yeah. 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 Emmy, and uh, I, and I'm doing a, a musical about with my music, Tony, possible Tony. Oh, huh? yes, Egot. No, for now it's in Italy. Oh, okay. I, I do it in in a, in a theater. It's already. Uh, it's not written. It's not done. But the sh the, the opening is in June. Uh, uh, 2020. Oh, so, so it would be your songs yeah. with a story yeah. weaved through, and is right. the story fictional? Uh, they are. We're debating if it's my life, which mm. I don't think so. It's not interesting enough, and pretty you, interesting. I, well, <laughs> so humble. You, you would have you Italy, have to, Germany. You, I would have to inv invent a lot of We'd, stories. We'll never tell. <laughs> yeah. And uh, or, or I would prefer a fictional story like Mamma Mia, which sure. I think was great. That's and, great. And so th this is done. I mean, the story is not done. The music is done. Yes. And it's coming out. Uh, I have a show for two weeks, uh, four weeks in uh, in 2020. I would like to go to Italy. Yeah, well, that's, a, that. that's a good. I could invite you finally. And do, May is not too bad. It's not too cold. Do you know where? Are you? So, we'd love to, yeah, in, Giorgio. I mean. In Bolzano. <laughs> Which okay. is which is uh, in the Dolomites? Uh, well, just next to the Dolomites. I'm just about planning the, my itinerary already. Okay, so. take a take a car from uh, Verona towards Munich. Car from Verona you cannot to miss Munich. it. Okay, Carol, are you writing this down? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, just out of curiosity, did you see the Donna Summer musical on Broadway? Yes. No, I saw the one here in in La Jolla. Is it something you? care to share or you can yeah. say the less said the better 
Well, I, uh, my problem, the main problem is I did not understand all the, 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 the dialogue. Ah. Uh, for example, when the lady played myself uh, as a, you know, uh, two, two women played me and, and, uh, and Pete Bellotti, which was a little weird, right? Modern. So, so I didn't really understand too much. But what I didn't like is uh, they, they, they slowed, they didn't slow, they took the tracks down and put dialogues on top hmm. and then came back with a song that kind of interrupts uh, the, the song. So the good I, part. Yeah, you, you're <laughs> waiting to hear the song and then suddenly somebody talks. But it, they kept that stuff in, in on Broadway too. I hear I didn't see it. Hmm. Uh, the singers were incredibly good. Oh wow! The, the, the three girls were absolutely top. Maybe the show was not uh, not. Uh, it didn't look expensive. Yes, you know the the big shows they look sure. it looks looks nice, but not uh, not. Uh, when they do Marauder by Marauder, your show in Italy, no dialogue. Just let the songs go. Oh, that would be great! But that's it's just only, an album. Then, it's right? only nine minutes. Yeah. My song. Speaking speaking of Marauder, Giorgio by Marauder. I can't go with this interview without talking about uh, Random Access Memories, which is one of my favorite albums. Um, that I mean, it's easily in my top five of all time of my favorite albums. What was your connection to Daft Punk? Had you worked with them before? No, I just, uh, I like them. I like whatever they did. And one day I got a call here in town. Uh, they want to meet for lunch. And, and um, I said, okay, I come. But under the condition I, I can take my son with me. He loves them. He is a fanatic. So I said, okay, you come, you come and have lunch with them, but uh, don't tell anybody. How no they, helmets, right? No helmets. <laughs> don't tell anybody how they look. So they asked me if I wanted to work on, on their new album. And I said, yeah, whenever. So at that time, I, w I was living in Paris. And uh, then Thomas called me. He, well, he lived there, too. And said, come to the studio and let's work on a song. So I'm happy, happy, went there and, and thought, okay, great, to work with Daft Punk and I start to play piano and I sing and we we compose a song and they said no no let us do the music you just talk you just tell the story of your life wow so then I come in and they had three microphones and a chair and I was supposed to talk and I asked the guy the engineer why do they have three three microphones well they said the microphone on the left is a microphone of the 50s or 40s, actually. So when you talk about your life in Italy, they're recording with that microphone. <laughs> then they had a microphone of the 60s, end of 60s, early 70s. I don't know which one, Sony probably, one of those. And I said, and that one, oh, that's when you tell the story about the 70s. And then they had a new one, which I didn't know, and said, and what's that? Oh, that's if you talk about your, the future. So I said, this is great, but who would ever know the difference? <laughs> so, so he said, uh, nobody. <laughs> I said, so, so why are you doing if nobody would hear the difference? Oh, he said, they, the two guys, they hear the difference. <laughs> Incredible. 
So I just told the story, and like Rainey, they could blackmail me <laughs> because I told them so many things which I probably forgot. But <laughs> they have it on tape. They so, and they, they interviewed you, and then this, uh, you didn't know how, where, how this was going to be used? N- no idea. I was thinking, what could they do? They, maybe they take a little bit of uh, Giorgio, 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 you know, like sample effects, it. sample right. it. And uh, I didn't hear for like seven, eight months. And one day I, I met uh, the engineer, the original engineer, and said, so tell me, what, what are they doing? He said, no way, I cannot tell you. <laughs> I was trying to bribe him. <laughs> They're so and, then, and then they played it to me, and uh, I loved it. It's such a cool it. track because it's electronic, but then it also gets a little orchestral. And I have a little clip here. Yeah. Free your mind about a concept of uh, harmony and of music being correct. You can do whatever you want. So nobody told me what to do, and there was no preconception of what to do. So cool. And think how much you influenced Daft Punk. So I'm playing, you know, I'm coming from a tour with, with, with orchestra. Can you tell us about, and, is it done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. But we are playing this song too, oh. right? But without me telling the story because yes. people, people know it. But, you know, the, the musicians on the original are the, some of the best I think in the world, right? That solo with the the the, the, the drum and the, so so I tell my guys who are great musicians, English guys, said, okay, you have to be on be on be what's the word uh, uh, practice. <laughs> you have to be great. Oh yeah, yeah. Put us on under stress. You know, you have mm-hmm. the, they had the best drummer in the, in the world, and now I have to do what he does. Oh, wow. and then the keyboard, the Fender Rhodes, and yes. then the percussion. Yeah. It's, it's they are sweating every night. Was it recorded right? here in L.A.? All those uh, musicians? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're you know the great studio cats of L.A. Local forty seven. Tough to beat. So we thought your tour was still continuing because we were going to encourage everyone that's listening come out and see Giorgio Moroder. Is it over for good or just taking well, a break? I did. I did uh, twenty shows mm. uh, divided up in about two weeks, uh, two 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 times two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, very successful. I sing two songs. Nice. Nice. I don't know why, but. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I'm not sure if I want to do another one. Mm. It, is, it is so strenuous. Oh, yeah. Uh, between flying at 7 o'clock in the morning, getting up at 5 to take the plane from one city to the other, then by bus, which was okay, then by train. I give you the last four, the last five, uh, ten shows. I left from Italy to Innsbruck. Innsbruck, Vienna, Vienna, Moscow, Moscow back to Vienna by train, by bus, uh, Budapest, by plane, Milano, by train, uh, Firenze, by train, Roma, by flight, uh, Amsterdam, by train, Paris, by flight, uh, um, Copenhagen, back to Zurich. Zurich, London, London, Frankfurt, Frankfurt, 
uh, home. Looks easier on paper, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's Did, a rock what, tour. What inspired this tour? Because you had never done a live tour before. The inspiration was Hans Zimmer. I, I saw him in Germany, I think. No, in Zurich. And I loved it. I mean, he came out. It's a out. great show. First yeah. of all, the, 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 the venue was about eight, 9,000 people full. And the big orchestra, and I said, uh, and then he came come out and big success, and he's great, absolutely. Yeah. So I said, well, maybe, maybe I'm I'm thinking. Then I saw him again here uh, about uh, six months later, and so I was talking to him. Uh, do, do you think I should do it? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, um, he encouraged me. Yes. And so I found a, a company who was ready to invest the money and the time, and uh, and we did it. Oh, I'm so, so sad cool. we missed it. Is, it, did, did, is there going to be a Blu-ray or anything? Was it was it videoed at all? I don't think so. It's like a Daft Punk no. lunch. It has to be very secret. Yeah. The George if you weren't there, there right, it didn't happen. Right, right. right. I, think, I, I still have four shows I forgot. I have one in Merano, which is next where I live. Yeah. And I have uh, with with on 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 uh, on festivals. I have one in um, in Amsterdam, one in Brussels, and one in Copenhagen. When is, oh, when yeah. is the one no in Brussels? LA. I think it's in. in I think summer? it's in August. In August. In August. Okay, I'm just planning my itinerary because I'm going to be at every single <laughs> show. I'd and like so to. at I your wish. shows, there's an orchestra and... Yeah, we, we are five, uh, five... It's a small one. We have five musicians, five a band, f- uh, four singers, four uh, strings. And then, you know, we, ha- we add some stuff from the original tracks, some... Sure. Songs uh, and scores? No, no. S- songs are all, all sang. I sing live. Yeah. Well, obviously. Yeah. Um, what what we did is we uh, we composed some strings and then put them uh, uh, from midi to 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 uh, to strings and then we added the, the if the you need a roadie <laughs> oh, to come out we'll be like I think before we close up we just have to ask we were very curious to know if there's someone today maybe even for your Top Gun number two song, Rainy, you might have some thoughts. I'm sure, just like Pitbull said, there isn't an artist today that wouldn't say, I'd work with Giorgio Moroder. I'd sing a song on yeah. Top Gun 2. Is there anybody that you are thinking about that you like? Is there anybody? Up and comer, maybe? Or I was, there was this guy who did the theme song for Who's the Boss, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, who is that? I really think. tough to find him. <laughs> yeah, and that guy. I heard that he's very expensive. Yes. Oh, he's too expensive. You could <laughs> never afford him. <laughs> I. Th- <laughs> That's you? Amazing. I thought, yeah, and, yeah. it's oh. kind of, when people talk about great music, they say, well, first, who's the boss? Then they talk about Scarface and sure, yeah, Flashdance. Yeah. It's, 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 it's up on the it's list. Always on the, I was thinking there must be a vocalist out there. I even thought about, you know, who has certainly some of the, some of the artists that have inherited, you know, Diplo and Calvin Harris and these artists that have inherited what you've done and taken it to the next step. They always yeah. have a vocalist and whether it's Halsey or uh, different. I wonder if there's anybody yet that you've heard or that is interesting. Do you know what? I'm, I'm 
not thinking about the singles because I know I can get sure. first Jerry Brockhammer and, and, and uh, Joe Kosinski yeah. and Tom they have to like the song. Of course. So for now, uh, it's nothing really urgent. They are still filming partially. So mm. I'm going back to Italy and I'm going to start. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. But uh, oh, I, think <laughs> I think there'll be a moment walking in the beautiful Dolomites right. when suddenly you hear... Click, click, right. back. <laughs> click. Oh and, and, my goodness! And you know what? And now I have my 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 smartphone, and I'm recording it. Of course, no more writing at the restaurant. No, uh, no. I'm yeah. curious. Um, just over the years, has scoring become easier, more challenging? Because you've experienced different, uh, you know, equipment, and now it's all digital. Um, how do you look at scoring now versus in the '70s and '80s? Well, I must say, uh, with some of the scores, I had some great musicians. Not that I don't have, have Rainy. Pointing now. to Rainy right now. Right. Uh, which uh, they, they really help a lot, the musicians in the studio. You know, they have ideas and stuff. Uh, to work now, it's a little, a little more more difficult you're by yourself and, yes. and you do great demos and and then and then hopefully finding the right the right arrangement and all that with rain it's easy because he's a great not only great composer but a great musician too so he knows how i kind of would Can interpret <laughs> <laughs> i have to let me say one thing working with giorgio um i learned two things one is his mantra when making score is as simple as possible in quotes and writing these big melodies. And when I wrote with him, I started, you know, my melody would be, he's like, no, done. You know, just clip it. Absolutely. Like a four note theme. And I learned so much about the simplicity and the commitment to a simple, simple figure. And that's what he's taught me. Yeah. And to commit to that track. I'm not doing, when we work together, we do not have a comp on anything that we do. It's commit to that. And if we didn't get it, we erase it. And that's it. Yeah. So it's commitment. It, it's interesting simplicity. what you say, because I have a song, I have the tracks for Top Gun. And I have a, a, a lady in England who is doing the, 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 the they call them now the top line, top line. which is a really strange act. So it's a great melody, but a lot of notes, a lot. So now I'm reducing. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Taking out at least 30%, 40%. And uh, it's not done yet, but it's, I think, much more commercial, much more uh, uh, ready for your ear. I think that is great advice mm -hmm. to end this beautiful hour on, which is when in doubt... Take it out. <laughs> and to hear Giorgio Moroder tell us about editing and uh, how to reduce things to its simplest form, clearly it works. Rainy, you're lucky, and for we're sure. grateful to both of you for spending this time with us. Really appreciate it. I can tell you that for me, what a great treat to spend some time together and hear this. It's Thanks been for really having us. Well, wonderful. It's been fantastic. And, and we're waiting to hear his latest album. Right? <laughs> I can't wait. Keep waiting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just wrap on that. Yes. Um, we want to thank you guys again for joining the show. A reminder to our listeners to follow us 
at score the podcast on Twitter. A quick reminder too that score a film music documentary is now available on Amazon prime. So you can stream it there. Um, we are going to take a summer break after this episode. So we're going to take a few weeks off and soak up the sun, let uh, composers get their work done and uh, come back in the fall with some, some good guests and uh, the best of uh, film and TV composers. And um, we want to also remind everyone to go to Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app, rate and review and subscribe to keep the show growing. And if you have an opportunity and like what you heard today, I recommend any one of the movies we discussed, Scarface, Midnight Express, Flashdance, The End of Top Gun. Say goodbye can't to the bad better. guys. Oh, okay. oh, there was the, the, the Queen of the South plug Thursday night. That's right. Queen of the South. Thursday night. Thank you to David Friendly as, as well. And uh, say hello to my little friend. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Thanks, Thanks okay. guys. Okay. Hey, SCORE fans, we're so excited for the support of Spitfire Audio. They collaborate with people like Hans Zimmer and the Bernard Herrmann Estate to build sample libraries that elevate your music. You're about to hear a musical demo of what that sounds like. And as an exclusive to our fabulous listeners, Spitfire Audio is offering one-third off any product they sell if you use the promo code SCORE. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's me. Just go to SpitfireAudio.com and check out their selection. And remember, this offer is exclusive to Score the Podcast listeners. So take advantage of the deal. It's a limited time offer. Again, one-third off with the promo code SCORE. Here's a quick example of what some of the sounds sound like. You can get amazing sounds like the ones you just heard and many more now for a third off. A third off the price. Just make sure to use the promo code SCORE so they know we sent you. Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. What about strange lands and escape from the everyday? It's brilliant, George. Before anyone knew them by name. Who's a good boy, Indiana? 400 grand? Let me explain it. George, that's our money. Blockbuster. Everybody, take cover! 
following the spectacular failures sir, sir, are you all right? and the unexpected triumphs. I told you, George. I told you. A six-part immersive audio series. Blockbuster. Experience the entire six-part series ad-free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other platforms.